Hey, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad you're listening to this episode. I've got a lot to talk about. It's been a a few days since I've done an episode, and this one's going to kind of be all over the place. I've got a lot of things I want to discuss. So we're going to talk about, you know, why, what Millar Media is, why I'm podcasting. We're going to talk about some successes and some crazy things that had happened in the last couple days in my life and kind of some of the lessons that I learned from those. So I'm not even sure what I'm going to title this thing yet, but let's go ahead and get into the episode. Welcome to the Real Talk 2020 podcast, the podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of cool shit. I am your host, Robbie Millar, rock star Robbie Millar. I just gave myself that nickname because I can, uh, and it's going to stick now, so I do what I want. So this episode, I wanted to talk about a, a, quite a few things that have happened in my life over the last couple of weeks, the things that have changed since I started the, the podcast and since the last episode for sure. Um, and one of the things I wanted to talk about was culture and creating a culture. Now, I think everybody knows that has listened so far to my podcast, which is, I think, four episodes. Um, one of the things that I, I hate more than anything is, is buzzwords and hot topics. Uh, words and, um, you know, things that, that everyone uses. And the best way to describe that is, you know, buzzword, um, or, or hot buttons. Um, and what a buzzword that's going around a lot in business is culture. It used to be service, right? It used to be, well, why does somebody use your company? Well, our service, our service is second to none, our service, our service, our service. And that's kind of shifted over to culture. You know, our culture and inside our company drives, you know, our company to the future, um, our culture, our employees. And I think they have the right idea in, in shifting their focus over to culture. But I think in doing that, culture has been something that we say, uh, but have little to no idea how to execute. And I've been pretty fortunate my, in my short career to have worked for multiple different companies. Fortunate, I guess, is one way to put it. Uh, I'm a slacker at heart. But I've been fortunate to work at multiple different companies and some some who have executed very well on their culture and some who have little to no culture or the wrong culture. But but all companies use the word culture and team environment, you know, as a draw for for employees and is also, you know, as a selling point to potential customers and consumers. You know, our product is better because our culture, you know, allows us to do certain things different than than the competitor. So I want to talk about culture and what it actually means to have a great culture and how you foster a great culture, especially if you own a business. But also as an employee, you have the ability to help change the culture in a company, whether you know it or not. And and this is one of the things that I've been fairly successful at in my short career is implementing or changing a culture as a as a low level, if you will, employee, uh, um, uh, starting you know at the bottom point. I've also been able to do it as a, as a middle manager um, as well. So this is a topic I take near and dear to my heart. So first off, to to properly execute culture, you have to define what what culture means and and what it is and and how you're going to how you're going to implement that into your company. And the easiest way to do that is is 
you know, every company has a mission, vision, value statement, um, or a quality standard statement, some statement that is supposed to drive them, you know, towards their goal, whatever that may be, whether it to be, you know, a lead, uh, uh, an industry leader in a, in a certain area or whether it be to, you know, uh, you become a global, a global industry. Every company should have a mission, a vision, and a value statement. And one of the companies that I worked for that was very, very good with culture did everything. They put everything through the filter of their mission, vision, and value statement. And it made your job as an employee very, very clear. You knew every single day what was expected of you because you could do the same thing. When you came into work, all you had to do was put on your your mission, vision, and values goggles and and look at your performance through through the vision of the company. Am I working in a teamwork type manner? Am I, you know, part of an ownership mentality? Those are all things that that companies use in in their vision statements um, or or their mission statements, their value statements, uh, especially to to guide employees and the company on on who they want to be as a corporation. So I, I implore everybody that owns a company, whether you it's four people, it's two people, it's just yourself. I think one of the most important things you can do is really take a good hard look at your values. If you don't have a value statement, I, I highly suggest you create one. A lot of people are afraid to to do things like a big corporation uh, when they're starting out in a small business, I don't need a value statement. It's just me. And you're right. You know, when it's just you, but it is going to also help guide the company. Um, you can use that as a reminder, man, is this a good customer for our company? Um, are we a good fit for this customer, you know, based on our values? But I, I suggest you come up with, with a value statement, three, four, five things that your company holds very dear to its heart. And, and, use it as a guideline as to how it's going to guide your business towards whatever your mission is. Um, so very simply, a lot of companies use, but you know, words again, they kind of use buzzwords, teamwork. Um, they use, um, uh, ownership. Um, they use things like that. And those are good. Be able to use words in your value statement that you can measure and that you can execute on. So if you use like ownership, I want all my employees to take ownership, um, you know, in the company, I think you need to outline what ownership is and, and is ownership measurable. So if you sit down with, with an employee that you have and do kind of like a review, a monthly review or a weekly review or a 90 day review, can you quantify ownership to them? And, I think, you know, ownership is a good one, but I think ownership is very broad and it's harder to quantify, did they take ownership? Um, because again, ownership is is relative, right? So I think you want to stay away from those relative statements. I think you want to be very, very specific, uh, very laser guided when you talk about your values. Um, you know, integrity. I think that's a good one. Um, do Have you done everything with integrity and, and you can dig up examples when you're doing a 90 day review for, a, for a, an employee, um, 
on times that they did or did not operate inside the company with integrity. You know, integrity is doing the right thing, whether somebody is watching or not. And integrity is quantifiable. It's measurable. And I think if you have quantifiable and measurable values and your, your employees realize that those are what they are going to be measured on for, for raises and performance reviews, that really kind of steers the boat in the right direction of, uh, of having a great culture. The next thing in, in having a great culture, especially if you're an owner of a company, is giving a damn. And, and that's a secret in sales too. I don't know, you know, how many people have gone through the old school thinking of sales, but there's a, there's a saying in sales, you know, in the sales industry that goes something like, uh, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And selling with empathy is, is more important than, than trying to sell a product, right? So if you're you're standing across from a, a potential customer or a potential client, and instead of trying to push on to them what's going to make you the most commission, instead you're listening to what their issue is, what their their problems all that are that you can solve with your product, and then when you go to talk to them about your product, you can directly relate those back to the conversation that you had with them with empathy, that sale is a much easier sale. The same goes for employees. Um, I think a lot of times uh, companies, and I was guilty of this as an operations manager for a large, large oil company, um, a lot of times we get caught up in looking at the P&L, the profit and loss statements, the bottom lines, the blacks and reds, and we forget that there are people that are driving those numbers. We always try to control all of our costs, right? We have, you know, our, our, our employee costs that we try to control, whether it be through overtime or staffing. Um, we have, you know, all of our overhead, rent, uh, workers' comp insurance, lights, you know, whatever, whatever your company is, no, depending on how big it is, your, your expenses are, are your controllables, right? And we're always trying to control those. And, and unfortunately, employees kind of fall in that expenses category. And that's where we start losing a little bit of our culture when we, we start treating employees as an expense and not treating employees as an asset. And, and employees really are an asset. It's all in how uh, you look at them, right? So instead of looking at them as costing you $96,000, how can we how can we drive that down month over month? You need to look at how much revenue those employees generate month over month. And, and in losing that employee, how much revenue would you would you lose? Now that is, you know, looking at it in the dollars and cents type, type of way. But more importantly, you got to remember that on the other side of that profit and loss statement is another beating heart and another human being. And I think if you want to facilitate a company that has above average performance, the, the easy way and the only way to do that is to facilitate uh, employees who, who perform above average. And how do you do that? You treat employees above average. Um, whether that be through pay, you know, pay is a very big one. But I think if you talk to any of the successful, you know, CEOs and managers in the world, um, pay is not what drives their culture and what drives, you know, their, their employees to, 
to go above and beyond on their job. It's the simple recognition of that employee when they are going above and beyond on their job. But on the other side of that, it's also recognizing that as, as employees, as human beings, they have personal issues that need to be addressed as well. And as a company, it's up to you to be flexible in how you handle those situations. And I think you'll find out that the more you give the employee in, in whether it be forms of leeway or time off or support, the more you will get back from that employee and the longer that employee will stay there. And we all know if you've been in business for a while, um, you know, the cost of acquisition of an employee is much more expensive than it is to retain an employee. So values, looking at everything through your values and putting on your values glasses when you are, are, and, and everything that you do, Throw it against the wall, throw it up against the values and make sure it sticks inside of one of those frames and if it doesn't, get rid of it. And then two, you know, having empathy and caring about your employees um, and that's hard to do. I, I know it is. Even though you're a good person, you know, even though, you know, outside of work you go to church and you're a Christian man or a Christian woman or whatever it may be, morally you're a good person and you know that that's a human being and they have lives, but you also know you have a business to run. And it's a constant balance trying to balance that, right? Trying to, well, I have a business to run and a, and a family to feed of my own, um, you know, but also they're a person. Um, so, you know, and treating your employees with empathy, um, making sure that they know that you care. Otherwise, they're not going to care what you know. Uh, and going through the values. And and I think those two things are probably the biggest key into developing a culture inside your company. And then just talking with your employees about the culture that you want, what you want your employees to be, what you want the company to be, and how you're going to foster those relationships. Now, on the flip side of that, as an employee, you do have the ability, if the company has a shitty culture, you have the ability to change that culture. Because if you if you start changing that culture from the ground up, the company will recognize that you are changing that culture and you will be a valued employee for that company. If nothing else, if they're a really shitty company, because you'll be making that company more money than everybody else. So how as an employee do you change that, change that, uh, change the culture in your company? And very simply, um, what I have done in the past in companies that have, have had a terrible culture is I create my own values for that company. Um, I, and, and myself, right? So I create a, a value statement for myself, whether it's aligned with their values or not. A lot of times I will use some of their values according to the company's value statement as well to make sure that they are, you know, um, in line with each other. But I, I make, I create my own values statement and everything that I do while I'm at work I throw through my values filter, right? So the same thing I was just telling a company to do, you can do as a, as a basic employee, as a, as a you know bottom of the rung, if you will, employee. You can create a value statement for yourself, for the company, and make sure that every single day you come in and you live those values. And then you treat your management and your coworkers with empathy and respect. Um, you make sure that that you are very transparent in what you are doing. And shortly what starts to happen is the people around you start to adapt your values. They start to do the things that you're, you're doing. You're becoming a leader without even 
trying to be a leader without even knowing you're a leader, you're developing a following. Therefore, you're becoming a leader. And then the leaders, quote unquote, in that company will notice the pull that you have, the effect that you have on the people around you, and the general general overall effect on the business. And that can morph into you moving higher up into the company. And as you move higher up into the company, you can actually physically change the values of the company. So, even as an employee of a company, if you're listening to this, that's that's how you do that. So creating a culture, guys, is super, super important. I think it's probably the number one thing overlooked by a company, and I think it's the number one thing that creates a company's success. Companies that are great at creating a culture are huge companies. Um, Google has a fantastic culture. Amazon has a fantastic culture and those companies are being modeled um, year in and year out. Um, There's another company out there and it's losing me right now, but, um, or I'm losing it right now. I can't seem to to put my name on it, but when it comes to customer service, they are the gold standard of customer service and they, they wrote books on customer service and it's their culture that allows them to do that. That it's there's a, cool story in there that like they have personal shoppers. It's a large chain uh, store and they have shoppers in there that help people pick out the right outfits. And there there's stories in there about they, they give their employees the ability to, to deliver clothes to customers that, that needed to have them tailored that couldn't pick them up. And, you know, and this is from, from like a Walmart type store. This isn't, you know, a high end, you know, custom tailor. This is a big box store that allows their salespeople the ability to take care of the customer in whatever way they need to be done. And it's that culture that they have developed that makes the employees want to do that extra stuff. Um, And therefore, they're one of the largest big box stores in in the country um, and still succeeding to this day. Another great company, Southwest, has a fantastic culture. Um, if you don't know the story of Southwest, I, I suggest you look it up, read it, read about it, listen to it. Um, it's a fantastic one. When, when airlines were going under and going bankrupt, Southwest was a shining star in, in that industry because of their culture and the way that they do business. So take a look into those things. But um, the last thing I want to talk about real quick, I know this is getting kind of long, is, is Malar Media and the process of what Malar Media is. Um, I know I talked a little bit about on a coming soon episode, we're going to do a Follow Me Friday Malar Media. And I haven't gotten around to that. I'm still working out some ideas. And the main reason I haven't gotten to fucking doing that yet is because I'm not even sure what Malar Media is yet. I've sat down and I've had a talk with my fiance. I've sat down and, and talked with the pastor uh, of a church trying to figure out what Malar Media is. Because like I said in my coming soon, it is a, it is a, it's not a company yet. It's an idea. It's a concept, but, but it's a concept unlike anything else in the industry. And I'm trying to figure out how this is going to go, what direction it's going to go. Um, if there's going to be a map that I'm going to follow, I don't really know yet. So my idea behind Malar Media is 
really simply short backstory. I realized in all the companies that I've ever been successful in, they're companies that allowed me to grow, allowed me to learn, but more importantly, they're companies that have allowed me to teach and mentor other people. And that's the whole idea behind this podcast, this Real Talk 2020 podcast, is to, to get my information out there as much as possible, get my message out there to as many people as possible because I really, really enjoy doing it um, more than probably anything else that I have ever done. I enjoy teaching and mentoring people um, into changing their lives potentially. So, um, sorry, I lost my thought. I had to plug in my phone. I'm doing this literally sitting in my car because all this came through, but um, so those, those types of companies are what are the companies that I succeeded in. And I realized that, that I'm, I'm an idea guy. I'm a mentor. I love to speak and I love to help people achieve their goals. So Malar Media is going to be a concept based a hundred percent on other people, other companies, other organizations, other industries achieving their goals and trying to figure out how Malar Media can help fit in and fill in some of the gaps that they may or may not have. And and the first step in that is going to be this podcast. I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to to make this podcast into something. Right now it's it's my phone and me sitting in a car. Um, sometimes my living room, most of the time my living room. But I really want to develop this the podcast into into being something of substance for everyone to listen to. First, real quick, I've had like 20 listeners on my podcast. Super, super awesome. I, I absolutely freaking love it. And not because I need to be recognized, but because that means 20 people, somewhere around 20 people have listened to some of my messages and hopefully that helps them. Um, if you're listening to it on the Anchor app, drop me a message, but no matter where you're listening to it on, I ask that you please subscribe. Um, subscribing helps me out exponentially. It kind of helps the podcast move up in the rankings. And and the reason I want to get up in the rankings isn't because I want Robbie Millar to be the coolest person on the planet, but it's because I want more people to hear my message that I think hopefully it can help. If, if I help one person succeed, Millar Media has been a success and Real Talk 2020 has been a success. So real quick back to Millar Media. What it is, again, is is a concept that it's going to be a business. Maybe it never makes any money. I don't really care that much. Um, I I really live my life in the now. Um, So I don't really care that much if it ever makes any money. But the idea behind it is going to be filling in the gaps for companies, whether it be they need help with marketing, you know, to drive sales for a month or what maybe they need help with marketing because they're a startup, um, you know, or whether they need help with, you know, direction and writing a mission, vision and value statement, or maybe they just need help, you know, getting the right people to work, you know, for them, or maybe they need help finding their target customer, their target audience. Um, there's really going to be no limit to what Malar Media can do because it's a facilitation company, right? It's going to be me connecting businesses or individuals with the right people, whether it be myself or it be people on my team, um, to create exactly what it is that they're looking for. And, and how is compensation going to be done for that? No fucking clue yet. 
Um, I've got a, a bunch of crazy ideas on how to do that, but the idea is going to be able to do it without it hurting the company because, you know, as a startup, a lot of startups, you know, have a lower capital um, and that's okay. You know, so we're really going to be tailored and positioned to fit into every single possible option out there. So it'll, it'll, there will be no pricing structure that is going to be, you know, hard and concrete. Everything, if we ever even get to pricing, um, is going to be fluid um, and, and going to be adjustable um, to make it fit into their current model. And then, you know, our job is going to be to, to, to execute on those things. So that's the idea behind Millar Media. Again, there's a lot in the works. I'm not really sure how I'm even, how I'm going to market it. I don't even, I don't know if I'm going to market it. Honestly, I'm probably just going to end up giving shit away to help people reach their goals. And you know what? At the end of the day, man, I'm going to sleep like a baby because I'm going to, I'm going to be doing what I fucking love. So first things first, real talk 2020. I need to get this thing exploding out there. If this helped you subscribe, um, if you know somebody that needs to hear some of the message, please tell them about it. We're on anchor. We're on uh, chat box, uh, our cast box, excuse me. Sorry, company. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on, uh, uh, fuck so many other places so you can find this on, on, on a bunch of different platforms right now it's me sitting here in front of my phone as we progress i'm probably going to invest some money into this thing um and, and i'm actually going to set up a studio in, in in my house we're looking at potentially doing some live streaming we're looking at uh potentially doing some video podcasting um, it's going to go a bunch of different ways. So if you have an idea for a show or something that you want to discuss uh, on the Anchor app, you can drop me an, a message on there, which is super cool. You can email me at themillarstone at gmail.com. You can check me out on Facebook um, at Millar Media. It's not up yet, but it will be. I'll, I'll make it go live right now. I haven't published shit on it. I put our logo up there. But um, I have a real job or had a real job. I just got fired from that, uh, last week. That's a whole different story. Uh, they had a shitty culture, so I don't care. Um, but anyways, I have a full-time job, which coming up again here shortly. Um, I train, so I got a lot of things going on, but, but I'm going to focus a lot of my attention here on Millar Media and, and this Real Talk 2020 podcast. Anyways, super, super long podcast. I hope it helped. If I missed something, Drop me a note in one of those ways. You can find me on Facebook at Robbie Millar, uh, Robert Millar Jr., I think it might be, or uh, at Millar Media. Drop me an email. Drop me a message on Anchor. I don't give a shit. Just get a hold of me if you have a question. Um, if I miss something, if you just want to tell me I'm an asshole, go ahead and do that as well. I'll tell you how fucked up that is, and then we'll move on from that. All right, guys, I'm going to let you go. I'm done. I'm out. This has been Rockstar Robbie Millar. Told you that shit was going to stick. Malar Media, Real Talk 2020 podcast. Talk to you guys next time.